when I make a statement like this, God spoke to me. I do not use that terminology loosely nor carelessly. I use it judiciously, cautiously, and in the fear of the Lord. There are times in my life when I know God has spoken to me. I am not telling you that I heard a voice from heaven as Saul did on the Damascus Road or as Jesus did at his baptism. I am simply telling you that I know there have been times in my life when God has spoken to me. And one of the ways that I know it is because things that God has told me have come to pass. Things that he has promised, he has done. So I've been assured that things that God has, has told me have, have been from him because of the result that he's given to it. And always, I am very, very careful about making that statement. Sometimes I say things and people think that I'm saying God told me that. But unless you hear me say, God spoke to me and said, or God told me, don't take anything I said as my saying, God told me this. I'll give you an example of that. I made a statement this past Wednesday night or Wednesday night before, whenever it was, that God is going to give us this building over here right beside the old Walgreens building. Some of it, I think it was on a Wednesday night, so only a few of you heard me say that, but I said, I said God's going to give us that building, I believe that. I didn't say God told me he was going to give it to us. I didn't say this is a promise of God. I just simply said, I believe that. That's a statement of faith. There are other times that I have said God spoke to me and God told me this. And, and, and when I say that, I am, am trying to very carefully lay this groundwork to let you know that I don't say that with any degree of, uh, of uh, with any lack of consideration for the full impact of what that means. I know that I've preached things in this pulpit that people have heard me preach sitting here that have not believed some things that I've said. And uh, I think that's to be expected. I believe that there are people here this morning who probably, when I get through with this message, will say, I'm not quite sure I believe that, or I'm not sure I believe all of that, or I just know that's not true. It couldn't be possible. But I'm going to tell you what I say to you today is out of the very depth of my heart. And when I say in this, and I'll try to give everything to you as specifically and as clearly as I can. When I first decided that my message today was going to be on God keeps his word, all that God says he will do, what God promises he will fulfill. That was the essence of my message today and it still is. But I was going to take a different approach to it. Some of you will have heard me say a lot of the things that I'm going to say this morning. You've heard me tell some of these things. I don't think that I've ever told them all one after the other consecutively as I will today. But I've probably told all of these things in one way or another at one time or another. 
I'm sure that I have. So those of you who have heard me tell some of this when you hear that, and you say, oh, I've heard that, I'll just start thinking about what we're going to have for lunch today, please don't do that. Listen again. Understand that there are a lot of people in this congregation today who will never heard me tell any of the things that I'm going to say today. While some of you may have heard at one time or another all of them in various, at very, in various ways, there'll be some people here in this congregation who've heard very few of what I'm going to say and, and some who've never heard me say any of what I'm going to say. So I'm going to give you a personal perspective today on the voice of God speaking in our lives. I tread softly as I approach this. I do it carefully, with great humility, and with a consciousness that I have to be very true, completely true to what God has said and what I believe God has said and what I believe God has a result of that has done and what God will do. I'm not somebody who... I've heard people talk this way and say, you know, I walked into, uh, I walked into Publix or Winn-Dixie and I, I couldn't find the uh, checks flakes or whatever they were looking for. I couldn't find it and I said, Lord, where is that? And, and, uh, and I saw a bright light over aisle five and I walked down there and there it was. God led me right to it. I don't have those kinds of experiences with the Lord. I've never said, Lord, help me find a parking place close to the front door. I've had people tell me God showed them a parking place as they drove around and drove around and drove around and drove around. God helped me find the right parking place. And all of a sudden, there was one at the front door. If you drive around Walmart long enough, there will be one at the close to the front door. Doesn't mean God prepared it there for you. So I'm not talking about hearing from God in that kind of a way. I've had people tell me that God, and I've heard them tell me, and I think I've had a few tell me personally. They went to the airport because God told them they were supposed to fly to Nepal, or wherever they were supposed to fly. And they went out there and didn't have a ticket, but when they got there, they didn't have the money to buy the ticket. But when they got there, somebody came up and handed them a ticket, first class, to fly to Nepal. I never had that happen to me. Of course, God's never told me to go to Nepal, and he's never told me to go to the airport when I didn't have a and planned to fly out when I didn't have a ticket, and certainly never told me to go there when I didn't have the money to buy the ticket. So if that's ever happened to you, I'm not saying God didn't do it for you, but he just maybe wanted to get you out of town if he did. I don't know. I'm saying I think those things are somewhat frivolous. I think they are carelessly dealt with. God doesn't have conversations with me like that. If he does with you, then I would just say God bless you and you walk with God. When God speaks to me, it's usually at some specific time of great need. It's a time when I've called out to God and I've been crying out for God about this matter, about this issue, crying out, God help me. And God has come to my rescue with a promise. In 1982, I was living in South Florida, pastoring a church. Sometimes I think about that church and I, and I compare it to what my experience here. When I went to that church, it was a little handful of people meeting on the third floor, or fourth floor, fifth floor, somewhere on the upper floor of the bank building. You had to get in the elevator to go to it. There was a free 
little auditorium for the community. This church met in that auditorium. Just very few people, probably, probably the people on this side and the people on that side would have constituted more than there were in that church. When I went there, and I went there because they needed somebody to fill in for them until they got a pastor. Does that sound familiar? So, and when I went there, I went there to preach and to preach God's word. And, and God laid it on my heart to find a place for that church to meet. And we went out and tied up a, a, a whole shopping center. Not a big, huge shopping center, but significant size. Tied up a whole shopping center because God led me to that place. And, it, and, and the place that we were going to build our chapel or auditorium for the church, and we had took enough of, this, enough of it for offices, and, and, and I admit that this was an unusual thing, but we got a long-term lease on that property, like a 15-year lease. You don't get that kind of thing, but we had a 15-year lease on that property. All that we had in that, uh, in that, uh, little, in that little shopping center. But we had to go in and remodel it and turn, and turn the area that we chose for the chapel into a place to meet and to worship. And it was nasty, dirty. Some old club had been in there and had been deserted for a long time. And when I announced that to the church, there were people who actually rebelled against it. They wanted to stay in the free place, the auditorium in the bank, and ride the elevator up to get that. But the church wasn't growing, never did really grow. It couldn't grow like that. Long story cut short, we moved out there. Those that wanted to go went, those that didn't left. We went out there and opened up that little chapel in that, in that the little shopping center, and it started to grow and grow and grow. And next thing we knew, instead of having a little handful of people, we were having 150, 175 people. And, and uh, you know, in, in, in my life, I want to tell you how, 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 um, how clear I am about following the Lord. I thought sometimes I should have stayed there for years, built that church. But I left because I thought at the time God was leading me somewhere else. I, I started a church in Tarpon Springs, Florida. That had less than any other church I've ever started. When I first started there, there were four people going to church there. Two of them were my wife and me. <laughs> Billy was born right after we got there, so he was the third one. And then I had a lady who played the organ for me. And <laughs> but God grew us, and we grew to where we quickly uh, enlarged and grew up to 150, 75, a couple of hundred people, and uh, and 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 just did did great great work there. I, I don't mean I did. I mean God did a great work there, and and uh, and then I felt like I they, I was invited to go to another church, much larger church, established church, and I went to that church, and I and, and I've thought so many times I should have stayed in Tarpon Springs, Florida. I should be the pastor there today, because that church just kind of had suffered after, not because of me, I'm not suggesting that, but when I left, it suffered, it, it split, and they had a lot of divisions that went on. I know that wasn't the foundation it was built on, but leadership makes a difference wherever you are. Leadership makes a difference, friend. You're doing the work of God or building a business or anything, you better have the right leader that God has chosen. And I will say it audaciously if necessary, I'm the leader God's chosen for this church. And I praise God for it. I accept that as an honor from God. God's going to do greater things than we've ever seen him do because we're following him. So, 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 so then, uh, I, I, I'm, I, I think what I'm trying to tell you is, I look back on those times and wondered if I shouldn't have stayed in those places. 
the church that I started in, in South Florida, we built it in a little shopping center. I brought in a man who really wanted to come there. He was a talented person, great musician. I thought he was a good speaker. He was, uh, he was a charismatic person, and uh, he wanted to go there. It was in his heart to go. And, and, and I brought him in and encouraged the congregation who accepted him. My, with my encouragement, they accepted him wholeheartedly. And within a year and a half, the whole church had died and gone. He closed it down. He was one of those people that had a great, had a ministry of weeding out the people that didn't want to be there, I guess. So I, so I, I, so I second-guessed myself. Did I listen to God? Did I hear God? This is what I'm trying to tell you. Did I hear God? That's what I've asked myself numbers of times over the years. But what I also know is that when we believe we're following God today, we are, we are, we are not responsible for what happens with the past. We're responsible for walking with God where we are at any given time today. I'm responsible today for, for, before God in God's kingdom, I'm responsible for this congregation to preach the truth to you, to teach you the word of God, to bring to you the moving of the Holy Spirit out of my intercession and my prayer life as best I can. And what God's done and allowed to happen, or other people have done in other places, I can't take that responsibility. I'd stay burdened daily with a cloud over me every day of my life if I did. But God is present today. God is a God of today. He is a God of now. And God makes his will known to us clearly, perfectly, without question. He makes his will known to us when we're willing to walk with him in his will. He will lead us when we'll follow. He doesn't lead people who don't follow him. He doesn't speak to people who will not hear. He doesn't declare himself to people who do not want to know him. But when we are ready to hear from God, God chooses times and God speaks to us. What we have to do, first of all, is to get ourselves in the place where God can speak to us. And then we have to be ready, willing to hear what God is saying to us if we expect God to speak to us. In 1982, I was in a 30—it's the second time in my life that I had gone on a 30-day fast— and in that period of time, toward the very end of that period of time, I picked up my Bible, and I was reading, and actually it wasn't the Bible that I used, it was a big old white family Bible, you know, one of these big, you carry in both arms. We still have that Bible today, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Carolyn used it last week, because she was getting ready to speak last week, and I went out and went in and picked it up this morning, because there in, in, in the Psalms, in Psalm 89, verse 34 is highlighted in yellow ever since 1982 that highlighted yellow has been there there's a date written out beside that uh, out beside that verse it just says 8-26-82 because on that day I was reading through the Bible I don't read the Bible this way very often so so rarely I wouldn't even tell you the last time I've done this but I was kind of thumbing through the Bible you know looking for something that would help me I wasn't studying the Bible. I was looking for something that would help me. I needed to hear from God. I felt like God had spoken things to me that weren't happening. I felt like God had told me things that, that, that the, he had not done. And I was really kind of questioning, have I heard from God or has God let me down? And so I opened it up and I was reading through it. And I, passed, I, read, I read that verse, 89, 39. I passed on, passed on back. And I, 
I closed the Bible and I said, wait a minute. What was that I just read? I read, about, I read something about God says he keeps his word. What, what was that? And I had pay, I'd paid no attention to it as I just flashed on by. But then as I got to thinking about it, I will never find that verse again. I, I didn't know where it was. I knew it was somewhere in the Psalms, but I, I had no idea where it was. And I said, Lord, I believe that was a message for me. And I had my mind somewhere and I couldn't hear it. God, show me that verse again if I'm supposed to know that verse. What is it? What is it that you're telling me? And I, I picked up that Bible, held it on my lap, and, both, and I opened the Bible, and it opened. Don't follow God this way, please. This is not an example of what to do. I'm just simply telling you my experience of how God spoke to me. And this sometimes God speaks to us from his word. There are other ways God speaks to us. Oftentimes God speaks to us from his word. I opened that Bible and I said, I was just saying, Lord, help me find that verse again. Somehow it was, it, it, it made a little impression, but I didn't stop long enough to dwell on it. Help me find that verse again. I opened my Bible and there I looked, the first thing I looked at, Psalm 89, verse 34. If you go out driving out this exit way here, you'll see that verse on one of those little plaques on the side of the big sign out there. As you drive out, pause as you drive out and read it today. It's there because it impressed me so much all those years ago. I still live by it today. All, every week, and I say every week, maybe every few days, I quote that verse to myself. It says, God will not violate his word, will not break his word. It is the Lord speaking. He says, I will not break my covenant or alter the thing that has gone out of my lips that verse says according to God when I make a promise I keep my promise when I say something I do what I say I never back away from what I promise to do if I have said it God declares you can count on it don't you ought to take verse you ought to take verse 34 out of Psalm 89, write it down somewhere, and, and just keep it. Just memorize it. Say it to yourself every day. God telling you, whatever he said, he will do. God's word is true, and what God says, he will do. I've never forgotten. It's 1982. That verse is still living in my heart today. You've heard me quote it here many times without certainly giving you all that background about it. But here now... Here now is the verse from Numbers 23. It's verse 19 of Numbers 23, and this is what it says. God is not a man that he should lie, or the son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said, and will he not do it? Has he said it and won't do it? No. Or has he spoken and will he not fulfill it? If God has said it, he will do it. What God has said is as dependable as the next breath you're going to take in your body. Is that real? What God says he will do. God cannot lie. If he were a liar, he would not be God. The Bible says that the devil is a liar and the father of lies. But God 
honors truth, honors his word above his name. God's word is sacred, valid, and eternal. And everything that God has ever said in his word or spoken in your heart, he will do it. The powerful words of God. I have told this part, and this is the one thing probably you have heard me tell and and remember, but I want to give it to you in detail this morning. I came to a time about seven or eight years ago. I wish I had really marked the time, but I didn't see at the beginning of that that it was going to do anything other than just help me and bless me. And I started to pray, and I, I, I put it in the terms that I started to pray again. I had not stopped praying. I'd retired from ministry. I, I, I had not stopped praying. I read, I read my Bible every day, virtually every day. I prayed, but I wasn't seeking God. I was just kind of relaxing, and I began to feel a stirring in my spirit. A lot of things happened. A lot of things brought this about. But I began to feel a stirring in my spirit, and, and I came to, to the full realization, I don't want to finish my life just sitting around day by day, doing ordinary things. I want to do something for you, Lord. I want to finish my life strong for God. And I started to pray because I didn't, you know, I could have gone out and preached a place here or there, but I knew I I really wasn't even ready to preach then. I wasn't in the condition spiritually to really preach as I wanted to preach. So I started to pray. I went before the Lord. I got up early in the morning and prayed. And I go in at night and pray. And I was seeking God. And God began to move in my life and began to stir me and, and bring me to a place of, of depth in Him and, and to reveal Himself to me and show Himself to me and draw me closer and closer to Him. And that was one of, still I look at as one of the most precious times of my life. I, I, I want to be like that in that state again, I don't necessarily need to be at that level that I started from, but even start at the level I would start from today, I'd like to have that much progress spiritually in my life in the next couple of years as I had in that two or two and a half years of prayer. I sought God, I was crying out to God, and the more I prayed, the more the Lord spoke to me, talking to me about things that he was going to do. I didn't hear anything specific, it's just God, you know, keep seeking me, I'm going to bless you, I'm going to bring you. I'm going to bring you to a place of victory. I'm going to do great things. Just, it was just general things that I felt in my spirit. God was telling me, encouraging me to continue to pray, and I did. And so we were coming up to, Carol and I were coming up to our 50th anniversary. We were involved in all kinds of things going on. People coming from everywhere to share that time with us and a lot of activity. And, uh, and, and, and one day I got a call from the presbyter of the section that includes Clay County and Orange Park and asked me if I would come over to fill in at Orange Park Church because the pastor had resigned and left. He had moved back to South Carolina. He had always said he was going to move as soon as he could sell his house and he did and everybody expected that. Was, and that was fine. So they just, you know, it was a district church and, and, uh, and, and they didn't have much to offer. They weren't looking for a real pastor. They were looking for somebody to fill in for them. So he asked me if I'd come over and fill in and I thought, boy, all this going on, the 50th anniversary, I, needed, I ought to tell him to find somebody else. But I didn't. I said, yeah. Somehow out of all that God had been doing for me, I said, yeah, I'll go over there and I'll, I'll preach for him. Uh, we had our 50th anniversary on, on a Friday evening, I think it was, and I was over there preaching in Orange Park on Sunday morning. 
and with all that activity going on. But, but, but I, I felt like it was God for me to go there. I didn't know why. But I, I went and did that. And later on, as I began to pray and seek God about, uh, about uh, I was still seeking God. Just as I had been as intensely as I'd been all that time, I was seeking God, bringing me up to something in my life. And one day, I was walking through a certain part of our house, a little past the glass wall. I remember it clearly as if it just happened to me. I was walking down that, over a, a tile with the, with the all glass wall right here beside me. And it's like God stopped me right in my tracks. And I stopped and as I stood there, the Lord spoke to me. I'm going to read it just like it was because I'm not going to. This is what the Lord said to me. Now, the reason I know this is exactly because I wrote it down at the time with the date and the whole thing. So he said, I am changing your life and you will know the change. Well, that's what I was praying for. God, do something in my life. Give me something different. Speak to me and help me and show me, Lord. And he said that day, I'm changing your life and you will know the change. So I praise God, hallelujah. I thought about all many things that God wanted me to do because I knew what I wanted to do. (laughs) I had a idea about where God could use me and I was not embarrassed to tell him I think I'd fit in here Lord I'd like to go do this and I could have done some of those things I could have gone I've mentioned this to you before I could have gone I wanted to go fill in at the international churches there's an international church in the Assemblies of God church in almost every major city in the world I've preached in Vienna I've been the one in Rome uh, 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 Madrid Spain and, and, and I thought that you know, these pastors have to come home every night. They have to take three or four months off to come and redo their support, restore their support. And they need somebody to fill in for them while they're gone. I thought that would be a wonderful ministry. I get to live in Rome for three months, get to live in Venice for three months, get to live in London for three months, get to live in Madrid for three months. Brussels, I'd been in Brussels in the international church there. Get to go to Brussels and live three months. I thought that would be a wonderful ministry, Lord, to call me to. Orange Park never crossed my mind. (laughs) My sights were higher. (laughs) So, but God had told me he's going to change my life. Now, what I did believe God was going to change my life because he said he would. That was in March. One month later, exactly to the day, in April, that was March 23rd, April 23rd, the Lord spoke to me again in the same place. I'm walking down the same hallway with the glass windows on the side I stopped he stopped me in the very same place and the second time the Lord said to me I have said I'm changing your life and you will know the change I am changing it and now is the time April 23rd wow so I expected maybe the next day or two they'd call me and say well the pastor in Rome is has to come home and and uh, how soon can you get there? I say Rome because that was my first choice. <laughs> and, uh, and that didn't happen. And so I started saying, well, Lord, tell me what's going on here. So then in May, on May the 18th, there's three times God spoke this to me. On May the 18th, the Lord said, I am changing your life. I am changing it now, and you will know the change. Basically the same thing. But he said, I'm doing it now. Well, in all this time, there was a house selling in Jacksonville, where the pastor of the church that was at that time in Orange Park lived. 
he was selling his house and all that was happening all that was coming about he sold it in July moved in July and and uh, God knew all that that was happening I didn't know one thing about it knew not one thing about it of course I had no idea no knowledge of it but God did and God was getting me ready for that so when they asked me if I would come over and fill in at the church I said yes thinking that I just would do that fill in for two or three Sundays they'd have somebody and I would move on didn't happen that way as you know I stayed and and uh, they asked me if I would be willing to stay, and I agreed that I would. So I stayed as the pastor, and I kept preaching there. But I will tell you, and I will confess to you honestly, while I was praying and seeking God, and I was earnestly seeking God, praying, fasting, seeking God every way I knew to seek Him, and God was dealing with my heart and blessing me, I was saying, God, if you, if this, if you sent me here, why is nothing happening? Because it was staying just like it was, basically, when I got there. A few more people came in, but, you know, it, it didn't amount to very much. Not that those first ones of you who came didn't amount to much. I'm not saying that. <laughs> the numbers didn't make much difference, is what I'm telling you. And so, one day, I had the, the movable lectern. I set it right down here. One Wednesday night, I was teaching a series of messages Hearing God. That was the message I was preaching on every Wednesday night, hearing God. And while I was standing there at that, at that little lectern, so I was standing there kind of with my hand in my pocket talking about hearing God, and I started telling what I just told you, that God had spoken to me. And God had said to me, more than one time, God had said, I'm changing your life. And I said, now I know I heard God, and I know God's going to do that. I know God's going to change my life because he said he would. And while I'm saying that, it comes to me just like that. It was not an audible voice. It just hit me. I changed your life. This is it. <laughs> Sandra, you and Leon were sitting right over right on the left hand. I remember it so well. He looked at me. I said, I was kind of looking at him. God just told me he's changing my life. That this is it. I said, this is, this is it. And the people kind of laughed. And I, I don't know, it, it didn't quite hit me. If this is all there is to it, this is all God's been, all this time God's been, and this is, and I'm sitting here and I'm talking about 10 or 12 people. And this is what God, this is what you told me, all this you dealt with me all that long to change my life, and this is what you're doing with it? Why I mean, I know all those things kind of went through my head, but those, more importantly, after that service, the next day or two as I'm thinking about it, it really was going through my head. This, this is it. What in this world? And then, and then I kept praying. Now, that was, that was probably in August that that happened because I, had, I got here in August. It was shortly after I came. It was August or September that it happened when I knew that God said to me, this is the place, this is, what I've, this is your change that I brought you to. And I, saw, I said, now, I'm talking about listening to God and God's word and God keeping his word. Stay focused on what I'm really talking about, that God keeps his word. So I began to really seek God now because really I needed to pray now. I couldn't believe after all that God had told me and all that I had expected and all that I wanted and all that I was claiming that all I got was a little handful of people. I mean, you could, yeah, well, maybe with 
if you count on your fingers, you might have taken three hands to count them. But yeah, that was all there was. And I kept, I kept saying to God, I can't believe that this is what you wanted me to know to do. I mean, I prayed like this for weeks. And I prayed for God to move. And I prayed for God to, for the Holy Spirit to do great things. And it just pretty much stayed like it was. So by the time I, the first of the year came and I hadn't seen anything more than that, I really, really, really Ask God what's going on. So you see, sometimes if God has spoken to you, it may not give you the result that you think there ought to be. You know, if, you, if God has spoken to you and you think you know what it is, that it, the full extent of what he's told you, you may not really know until it's all fulfilled and all unveiled and unraveled. That's where I was. I didn't really know. I didn't quite get, I didn't quite get it. It's going to take me just a little bit longer to finish today than it usually does. Just put you on notice. I won't run too long. I won't. I don't feel like I've got to keep up with Carolyn last Sunday. That's not my goal. Uh, <laughs> but it's going to take me a few more minutes. I've got to tell you this whole thing. So, so I was praying, God, show me. Is this, is this really it? And I will tell you, I began to question, have I really heard from God? Have I really heard from God? I'm not really sure that, Lord, that I thought you spoke to me, Lord. But if you spoke to me and if you told me you're going to change my life and, you, and then you said this is it and it's still just like it was, I'm not sure that I want this, Lord. Why would I want this? Is this all you're going to do? And I, I wasn't blaming God. I was questioning myself. Did I really hear from God? Was that something that God told me or just something that I thought about in my own head, my own mind? And so I decided that I would really test God. Now, this is not something I recommend. I suggest that you not do this. Clearly understand me. I suggest you not do this. Because you can get yourself into so much confusion that you should not do it. I did it because I was desperate. I was desperate to know if God had spoken to me. Because I was sure that he had. I mean, I, I didn't do this out of some whimsy. I was praying. I was seeking God. I was earnestly crying out to God. And God, I don't know that this is what you've told me. And this is something valuable for you to understand here, my friends. If God has spoken to you, it may not be so clear that you'll never wonder or never doubt it. You may have to come to the place before God that you say, like I was saying, God, I'm just, I've got to know if you really told me this. And so this is what I decided to do. I put a fleece before the Lord. You know, that's from Gideon putting out a fleece when the Lord told him he was a great and mighty man. He said, no, I'm not. God said, I'm going to use you. And he said, prove it to me. Let the, let the fleece that I put out have dew and all around it be dry. And then after that, he said, the second time, well, just to be sure, put out the same fleece again. Let it be wet all around it and the fleece be dry. <laughs> just to be sure. God, I want to know if I'm going to step out and do something to you, I want to know this is you. And I, and, and, and I may have done this a couple of times in my life, but really never, never fully. That's not the way to seek God, I promise you. Don't suggest it to you. God will do unusual things and you follow the Lord. But I'm not making a recommendation that you do this. So, but I did. We had a white Dodge truck that I had been trying to sell. And I was looking for what the right fleece would be to put before the Lord. What's the right fleece? You know, you can't put a fleece before the Lord that says, Lord, if you really have spoken to me, I want to go to my mailbox in the morning, open up the mailbox, 
and I need to find a check for $5,532 in there because that's how much I need to pay off my credit card. That's not a fleece God's going to honor. I had to put something out. It didn't really matter all that much if we sold that truck or not. I mean, we were paying for it, and it was fine. It was, it was, it was, a, very, it was a very, very expensive. My grandson was driving it, and the costs were high because fuel, diesel fuel at that time was even higher than it is now. Crazy. Like almost $5 a gallon, and he's just paying. He, it was just a very expensive proposition. It was fine with the truck. Nothing wrong, wrong with the truck. And so I put it out to sell. I, I, this is what I did on two, at 2.45 in the morning on February the 16th of 2011. Now remember, God put me here 1st of August of 2010. Now I'd been praying all those months since God showed me that this was the change of life, change in life that he's given me. I'd been praying all those months. And now in February of that next year, a few months later, I'm, I'm so doubting it, so wondering and questioning, God, could this really be you? I said, Hell, I need to find a fleece, something that's not just personal. Selling the truck was, was helpful, but, you know, if we hadn't sold the truck for the next six months, it would have been a disaster. That was not the point of it. So I picked something that, that would be good, that I wanted to happen, of course, but, but, but not something that was outrageously... It was not what God did about selling the truck that was going to count. It was what God did about speaking to me through that that was going to count. So I said to the Lord on the 16th of February, Lord, if you've spoken to me, if these things that I think you've spoken to me, when you said you'd change my life, and you said Orange Park is the place, and nothing's happened since I've been here, almost nothing, hardly anything has happened. I'm not happy. I'm not satisfied about it. I've got to know if you've spoken to me. And if you haven't, that's all right. I'll just say I was wrong. I missed it. And go on. But I put that fleece before the Lord. And, I, and, I, and I, made, I put something that was a little bit complicated. We've been trying to sell that truck. And, and you know, I, I, I'll try to shorten it and not tell all the details. About it, but I had all kinds of people saying they wanted to buy that truck. People from as far down as Melbourne, down in Florida. People from Atlanta calling me wanting to buy that truck. Whoa, I'll be there to get it this week. Oh, that's exactly what I want. I'll be there. I'm coming up to get it from you not show up, call them back, oh, I had to change, I'll be, I'll be there on next Monday, not show up, on and on and on, people, all kinds of people told me they wanted to buy that truck, nobody ever came even looked at it, and so I said, Lord, if you can sell this truck, I'll know you spoke to me, and not only that, I want you to sell it by the last day of this month, because you've got to be specific if you put out a fleece, so I said, it's got to sell by the last, this is the 16th of February, it's got to sell by the 28th of February, the last day of the month. The 16th of February 2011 was on a Wednesday. I had a young man that very week who was stationed in the Navy at Mayport, lived somewhere there, came by, called and said he wanted to come look at the truck. He came and looked at the truck, drove it, liked it. He said, you know, I think I'm going to buy this. I said, okay. I didn't know if he could buy it or not. I didn't know why. I said, well, I, okay. I told him the price. He said, okay, that's fine. And he put a deal together with me and said, I'll come back. And, uh, and bring the money. I'll, I'll brief it to tell you just all that happened in, in that. I put that fleece out before the Lord on the 16th of February. And, and that, that truck, with all the complications, all the offers I'd had, people said they wanted to buy it. Everything had fallen through. And it, was, it didn't seem like there was any interest in it whatsoever. Now, I could have taken it down to CarMax, and they would have given me half what it was worth, and I could have sold it like that. That's not, that's not the issue. The issue was I needed to sell it for what it was worth. I wanted to sell it for what it was worth. And, that, and everybody who said they wanted to buy it fell through. 
So this young man came along. I thought he's the least likely one of them all. But by the 26th, two, let's see, 26th and 27th and 28th was the end of February. On Saturday, the 26th of February, he came in, handed me the money for the truck. It was in a check. Banks were open on Saturday. The one I dealt with was. I went right down from my meeting with him and put it in the bank on Saturday. Had the truck bought and paid for two days ahead of time. And so every time I wonder now if God's really spoken to me, I don't dare test God about it again. <laughs> I, think, I think for me to test God about it again would be unbelief. God wouldn't honor that. If I can't believe that when I put it to the Lord just as plainly and clearly as it could be stated, I put it before God. If I have heard from you, if these things that I believe you said to me are true, and if you have said them to me, and if you have spoken to me, and I've not missed it, but I've heard you, let this truck sell before the last day of the month. After I put that fleece out, I'll tell you, I looked at the calendar, I had a little trepidation about it. I said, I didn't give God enough time. But I'd already put it out, I couldn't change my mind. And so that's what God did. Sold it, sold it, sold it. Now, I, what I know from that is that God has spoken these things to me. And, and, and there are things that are yet to come that God has not yet done, that God has said. I normally do not talk about things that God has said that haven't started or in the process of happening. I'm going to tell you today, however, two things that I don't believe, as far as I know, I've ever actually said. I've referred to them, but I've not specified what I believe God spoke to me. None of this is new that I'm going to tell you right now. This didn't happen this week. It's the reason I'm talking about it. it this, this has happened in the past. But in all of this time of God dealing with me and speaking to me relative to this church, relative to being here, relative to what God is doing, God's power and God's presence in this midst, this is what the Lord has spoken to me. Two different times, five days apart, I'm in prayer seeking God, crying out to God, and the Lord's spoke to me and said, my son, I'm going to give you a victory like you have never had before. I will lift you up and bring you out. I'm going to give you a victory like you've never had before. Five days later, I fell on my knees before God. As soon as I walked into my place of prayer, as soon as my knees touched the floor, God spoke to me again and said the same thing. My son, I'm going to give you a victory like you've never had before. Now, I've seen some great victories since these things happened. I've seen healings and victories and miracles in this church. But that prophecy from God to me has not yet been fulfilled. The great things that God is going to do that are fulfilled in that have not yet happened. Now, I'm sometimes not the best interpreter of, of God fulfilling what he said, as I've tried to clarify to you. But I do believe when that happens, I'll know it. Because the Lord has followed up with this one more thing. This is the last thing I'll share with you this morning. This is something that God said to me sometime after that. About a month later, as I was praying about this great victory God has promised, God spoke to me, and this is what I wrote down. He said, I am going to give you something that shocks and surprises. Because I was asking, what's this great victory? He said, I'm going to give you something that shocks and surprises. Something beyond the ordinary, something exceptional. I don't believe that's happened yet. 
But I do believe that in seeking God and waiting on God, that's what's going to happen. I've got faith that God keeps his word. And what I have learned by the experience of the white diesel truck, what I have learned is God stands behind his word. God stands behind his word. When I came to a place of prayer, May the 15th of 2011, now all of this white truck experience happened in February of 2011, March, April, May. Everything was still going on pretty much like it was. God said, yes, I have spoken to you. That's why I honored your fleece to tell you, yes, I have spoken to you. February, March, nothing else. April, nothing else. May the 15th, I'm on my knees in my office in in my home in Jacksonville, waiting for Carolyn to finish getting ready to come to church. That was my early Sunday morning time waiting for her. To pray, I was praying, seeking God. And, and the Lord spoke to me that morning. And the Lord said to me that morning, your long, dark night is over. The sun, I saw the sun, Jesus, the sun, S-O-N. The sun is shining on you now. And I praised God, I thanked God. And I listened to my message that I preached that Sunday morning. In the old church, May 15th of 2011, I went back and listened to that message as I encouraged some of you to do. And I listened to that message and I realized as I heard that message, even as I preached that message that morning, I did not realize the full impact of what God had said. The message I preached that morning did not reveal the full impact of what God continued to share and elaborate to me to make that known. But what he was saying to me was the long, dark night of this church. And if anybody knows the history of that church, we are not that church. We have not been, we are not, we're not the Orange Park Assembly of God, but we're meeting in the place where Orange Park Assembly of God met and we were identified as a part of that church, although we were not. They had sent that church on out away. But the, but the, but the what shall I say, the shadow of all of the past still lingered over us. The darkness of the past still covered us. And God said, your long dark night is over. And it was more for the church than it was for me. I came to realize that more as we went along. And then... Just a short time after that was Pentecost Sunday. And on Pentecost Sunday, now on May the 15th when I preached that message, morning service of that church, when I preached that message, there were 34 people sitting there who heard me preach that. On a few weeks later, on Pentecost Sunday, the first or second Sunday of June, God moved and brought people into our church. We had 119 present that day. If we were to have 119 now, we'd feel like we were falling apart. But by then, it, then it was a great victory because all I had was 34 just three or four weeks before that. Now there were 119 people showed up for Sunday morning church. And, and, and praise God for it. It was a great, great victory at the time. We've, never had, we've had, never had a number since that Sunday. We've never had a number that low in all the growth of our church. It's always gone up and up and up from that. But I, I'm saying that to tell you when God said your long dark night's over, I didn't realize the full impact of what he was saying. I really thought he was talking to me personally about my own things that I was dealing with than I did about the whole church. But then as time passed and I saw what God was doing, I knew more and more and more it was a message for the church. And it has been a message for this church. God has brought us to an end of a long, dark night in the past. That's over. That's done. That long, dark night has concluded. And we're living in the light of a new day. We're living in the light of a new victory. We're living in the light of a new power of God. We are people of faith now. We believe what God has said People of faith are those who believe what God said. 
Not what man said, not what the world says, not what conventional wisdom says. People of faith are those who believe what God said. I want to be a man of faith. I want to believe what God said. Stand on what God said. Know that God's word is true. God never fails. He keeps his word. We are people of faith. Let the people of faith rise. Let the people of faith rise and declare the glory of God. If you're a person of faith today, stand up and praise God and say, yes, God, I believe you. Yes, Lord, I know you're true. Yes, God, I know you're right. Yes, God, I know you keep your word. Yes, God, yes, God, I'm a person of faith. I'm your child of faith, glory to God. I believe your word today, now and forever. Everything that you said you're going to do, your word is true. Your promises are true. The ministry of your Holy Spirit in my life is true. I'm a person of faith, glory to God, because I believe what God has said. Hallelujah.